Hey guys, it's Adam with another episode of the podcast. Happy New Year, it's 2021, and uh, today I wanted to go over a couple of new topics, but first I wanted to start off by thanking everybody who listens to the podcast using Anchor, uh, Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, or sorry, Radio Public, Spotify, and um, all the rest. You know, I do appreciate everybody listening, um, following, subscribing, and uh, continuing to support the the podcast in, in all of its forums and all of its outlets. Please feel free to check out my website at www.casperdogtraining.com. That's Casper, C-A-S-P-E-R, dogtraining.com. And right there, you can actually... Uh, there's a part of the page where you can uh, listen to the podcast on Spotify. Uh, you can get in touch with me um, through social media to ask questions and answers. Uh, quick warning, though, I don't really pay attention to Facebook anymore. But Instagram, Twitter, yep, I'll get those messages pretty quickly. Um, follow and give any reviews you can. Five-star reviews would be very welcome and appreciated. Um, you know, wherever you're listening. Uh, don't forget to spread the word to your friends and family uh, about uh, getting free uh, online podcast help. And if you do need help in person uh, and you're in northern New Jersey or uh, Manhattan, you can um, reach out to me on my on my webpage. But also, if you're remote to that area, we can do online dog training and consultations that way. Uh, I think it's an effective way of doing things. Um, also, you know, I wanted to say thank you to all the sponsors out there. I've, I've gained a couple here. Um, if you want to become a sponsor and listen to this podcast and, and uh, contribute some funds towards it so we can make it a little bit better, maybe have some guests and things, uh, that would be awesome. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash Adam dash Casper and you can become a sponsor for as little as 99 cents per month. Um, I appreciate all the sponsors. And uh, I work with uh, most of them directly um, in one way, shape, or form, communicating directly with them as a thank you for their sponsorship. And uh, I support them and uh, training their dogs. So today's podcast, I wanted to talk about um, recall and why you start, why I start training uh, using recall as opposed to another command like sit. So... Sit back, relax, everybody, and we're going to get into it just a moment. Thank you. Okay, everybody. So thank you again for listening. Uh, I just wanted to go over really quick. I typically begin every training session um, with a version of recall, and really there's one substantial version that if you listen to this podcast long enough, uh, I do sound like a broken record, but it is extremely effective. And I think it's uh, an excellent way to move a dog into an engagement situation, playing basically a game that they know they're going to win every time they do it. And uh, what I've been saying to clients for quite a while now is that if a dog does some of these behaviors and they offer these behaviors when they don't know what to do, they know they're never wrong in doing so. And I think that's the more important part is that the dog realizes that there's a list of behaviors that can be um, called upon in in moments where they're confused, anxious, 
or even in, in, in the dog owner or handler's case, they don't know what to do in a certain circumstance. It gives you a good option to do, and um, it also can lead to other stuff where you can do like uh, place on command and things like that. But we're not going to get into place right now. We're going to talk about strictly recall. So here we go. Uh, like I said, most of the time when I do uh, dog training, I teach recall. And the fundamental reason I teach recall is uh, really quite simple. It It really is just that you can save your dog's life. If you have a solid recall, uh, it's one of the most effective things. You know, it's great to say your dog's name and the word come and the dog's right there. Of course, it's very impressive, especially, you know, if you're at the park and the dog's running loose or they're on a long line or they're in your yard and you call them to come in and they come. That's fantastic. But I think one of the most important things is, is that the dog should know that they're they're never making a judgment error or making a mistake by doing so. And I want to qualify what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is is that humans poison the word come or hear uh, very frequently with dogs. And I've been guilty of doing this too. So as the story goes, you know, you have your dog uh, outside on a rainy day in your in, in in your yard somewhere on your property and your your dog is having a great time it's pouring down rain uh you're late for a doctor's appointment or a meeting of some sort for business you need to leave you need to get your dog outside just to use uh, the restroom really quick and relieve themselves well then you um you call the dog to come in and the dog can sense the stress in your voice or can see your body language and you're stiffer. Uh, you know, maybe your pupils are dilated. You don't realize that, but the dog might. And um, the dog might say, well, you know what? You're stressed out. Maybe you're a little bit angry. Maybe you're uptight and tense. I don't think I want to come to you right now because last time I did, I'm in trouble. Well, the last time maybe the dog was digging a hole and in your in your garden and then all of a sudden you have this giant mess and you have a muddy dog and now you're late for your your appointment and you're frustrated and angry and, and upset so naturally speaking the dog doesn't want to come to you when you're agitated in that way so we have to find some sort of mechanism that you can get the dog to come to you and be no, have no mistake about it that the dog when he, when he or she comes they're doing it for the right reasons but they're doing it because they're sure that this is the right thing to do not that hey there's my owner i love my owner um and that's my best friend so i'm just going to come anyway i think the assumption is when you start training a dog and you start doing recall and the dog's successful that it's going to work 100 percent of the time but obviously there's a lot of other factors that come into play why recall doesn't work in certain instances. Now, easy easiest uh, example is, you know, say the dog's got to travel 200 feet, and at 100 feet, uh, the dog encounters a rabbit, and the rabbit runs away. So if the dog's coming at you, and just we'll just say you're facing due north, your dog's facing due south, and you call the dog to come, and he's coming in a straight line, he's coming right at you, and that squirrel is right 50%. In uh, or the, that uh, squirrel, squirrel, sorry, the uh, rabbit's right at the 50% mark and takes off. Well, your dog's going to be distracted 
and they're going to bolt away. So then your next reaction is you're going to call the dog again, but now you're going to be a little more agitated and frustrated. So in the in that moment, the dog might not really want to come because you're frustrated, because you're angry, or because you're uh, embarrassed, or uh, any of those emotions, negative. And sometimes when the dog is recalled in, in a state like that, out of pure frustration, you know, the dog is actually accepting mild forms of punishment at best. And to some of you that are listening to this, you know in your heart of hearts, you've punished your dog for obeying your commands and in, in this very way. And you don't realize you're doing it at the time, but then you start saying to someone like me, who's your dog trainer, you're like, look, come doesn't work anymore. I can't get the dog here. And you got to think back to those moments. You know, did you, did you mess it up? Did you mess up the, the recall command? So this is why I'm going to teach you guys a, a, a different one, which I think is very effective, but in use of emergency recall and why start training with recall, you will get the dog to know that if they come to you and they get close enough to touch you, that they're never wrong and you could save their life. So in an instant where you're panicked and the dog's off leash and running away from you and you're running at them, you stop, you run the opposite direction, you say the touch command, you give a hand gesture like a target. So either you're doing a flat palm uh, open towards the dog, but running backwards away from the dog so the dog can see you and you use your hand as a target down by your your, your knees or your, uh, your thigh. Um, excellent way to get your dog attracted to come to you. But if you're doing this when you're not frustrated, you're excited and you're happy and the dog does it every time, they get a shower of rewards. And the shower rewards are as follows. First of all, they're getting your engagement and your your complete attention. So dogs that figure out ways to manipulate uh, their environment, mainly you really, uh, is do something that gets attention. So if that means jump on the counter, um, the dog will get attention. Everyone in the room will be like, hey, stop that. And the dog gets attention. So... You know, there's that old phrase like, there's no such thing as bad press. Well, when it comes down to a dog, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, dogs don't really make a huge distinction of mischief of behavior or uh, the negative behavior. They just know stuff that gains attention or doesn't gain attention. And I think in the case of a younger dog or a puppy, you're literally gaining all attention is good attention because they want their, their the focal point to be on them. They want their loved ones to focus on them because like I've said a million times, dogs don't have jobs. They don't read. They can only socialize with other dogs really effectively. And most, most of them, human beings in their immediate household are the only beings they interact with. And they don't really get to interact with very many other dogs. So, you know, there's a whole thing here. Um, but start off, start off with a positive association where the recall from the dog means the dog always wins. And this is something you can, you can use very effectively. Like I said, with puppy training, redirecting a dog from 
chewing a slipper or uh, diving into the wastebasket and stealing tissues or something like that, uh, you run out of the room, you go, uh, dog's name touch, and you have the, your target hand down uh, your uh, your thigh, running backwards for a couple steps, and the dog comes and bops their nose against your, your hand. You immediately reward that. You give the dog a, a appropriate attention. Then you're giving affection, which is de definitely like of, of four kind of milestones in the reward system here is very, very important. When you're petting your dog and giving the affection, you're also giving praise. So that's the, the, the first, second, and third. So it's attention. Then you have your, um, then you have your affection and then you have praise on top of it. So if you don't have any food reward or you don't have any toys to redirect the dog into a better, um, a, a, a better activity, you at least have those things. But if you do have a high value food reward, or if you do have their favorite toy, these are really super effective ways of engaging your dog. And like I said, the dog knows, oh, you know what? It must be time to get a great uh, love session. The human's going to love me. Uh, it's all good, good, good. So as the dog uh, responds to this thing, they truly, truly understand that here's a category of things in life that are all in the positive column. I win every time. Every time this human says my name and then the word touch and shows me that target hand, I get praise. I get attention. I get affection and I get a reward. So to take this a little bit further, some of the other added benefits of doing this is you can actually, um, when I say give affection, well, you start petting the dog and typically I want the dog to become a little more relaxed once they're there to, towards you. So I won't say, and, and I normally don't do this either unless it's my dog and I, I, I'm trying to elicit some more excitement or engagement. I wouldn't touch the dog's head or face or anything like that. I would touch the dog from the collar back to the tail um, because I can do like a, a slow stroking um, method. So it calms the dog down a little bit. You're, you're gaining their excitement and their engagement, but the very next thing you're, you're asking the dog to do is to start calming process. You know, just start getting a little more chilled down. And the thing is though, if you're touching by the collar or the neck, if you need to do this as an emergency recall, and this is where I want everybody like really, really listen. You're getting the dog to do emergency recall if you drop the leash, someone left the door open, the gate, the fence had a hole in it, whatever the case is, if the dog's wearing a collar, that's exactly how the dog's going to come so close to you that they touch your hand. Well, with the other hand, as you're praising the dog and you're giving the dog affection, you're able to secure the dog. You're able to grab the dog and by any means necessary, right? But... Some of the other things you can start doing, especially with puppies, is start desensitizing the dog to human touch. And I mentioned in the resource guarding episodes of the podcast that you should start desensitizing your puppy as soon as you get it from touching of the paws and ears and face and tail and undercarriage and all over the dog's body so that when they go for exams, when they go for grooming appointments and things like that, or they meet 
you know, new family members, strangers, or children that might touch them anywhere on their body, that they don't react and they're not surprised or jolted or um, they, they react um, adversely to it. So you're able to secure the dog if you're touching the dog's neck. And I, I love that idea because I can't tell you how many times I've heard that story over and over again where a, a dog got out of the car or, you know, got out of the property, ran away, uh, you know, got a couple feet away. The owner chased the dog for a little bit. The dog only ran further and faster or evaded. They might have come close and then ran back away. And that that whole seesaw and, and roller coaster emotion of I almost got her and then she ran back out in the traffic or she ran further away. She ran into another neighbor's yard. She went through it. Uh, the uh, a bush or something, and I can't follow. It's extremely frustrating, very stressing, and in some of these moments of absolute chaos, you're in full full flight, free fall panic, and you can't manage yourself. But the the one thing that I've come across that truly gets the dog reengaged and has them with a very firm memory of something positive is the touch game, is getting the dog to touch your hand and then you grab the dog when you're going through, good, got the engagement, there's my attention, check. Dog comes to me, touches my hand, completed the act, I gave a reward. Well, what's the reward? The, the very next reward is you know your, your affection and your praise. So it's good boy, good girl, and you're touching the, the, the collar and the neck and the, the, the chest, the legs, whatever, the tail. At that point, secure the dog any way you can. And if you happen to have food-based rewards, great. If you happen to have a toy or a squeaker or a, a ball or something like that, awesome. If you don't have any of those things, just grab the dog and get out of there. Secure the dog. And I think this is one of the most fantastic ways to get a dog back because I don't see a lot of gaps and holes in it. Um, at the same point, though, I I'm sure somebody out there can go, yeah, well, what if, what if, what if, and there's different ways of doing it. By and large, it's very effective. And um, I know that as far as puppies are concerned, it's a great way to engage a dog. It's also a great way for the dog to figure out when you say their name that they should drop everything and come. And that can kind of be your offered behavior. Just like every time you go to, into your refrigerator and you start uh, messing around with cheese, where the cheese is stored, every dog knows where that is. You know, in, in the in the U.S. at least, at least in my refrigerator, um, you know, there's a there's a drawer that has deli meats for sandwiches and cheeses that are wrapped in plastic. As soon as my dogs hear the the the, the plastic and that drawer open. Dogs appear from out of nowhere. They could literally be on another floor in the house, dead asleep, snoring. But they hear that drawer, they hear the crinkling of the plastic, and they're right there, sitting, fully engaged, eye contact, perfect little soldiers, ready to do whatever you need them to do. And they get their rewards. Well, that's an offered behavior. The offered behavior I'm referring to is you say the dog's name, and the dog's first offered behavior is, I turn and look at you, and I'm on my way. So this is very similar to 
what I've said in the past about leave it. You know, get the dog to check in, make eye contact. It's all good whenever the dog does it. So this is a different layer of everything. You know, I mean, you can say to your dog, you know, in my case, I, I could go, hey, hey, Gus, leave it, touch. So Gus, you know, I ring the alarm. I, I'm, I'm I've taught him touch. So he goes, huh? And he looks at me. And I already said, leave it. You know, so he knew to check in with me first. So he did, but he was already on his way. And I said, touch. And he, now I give him a target. He runs across the room, touches my hand with his, his little wet nose, and then offers a sit. So in time, Gus is my new puppy, by the way. I'll talk about him in a second. Um, Allie, who's been with me for uh, eight years, she's um, you know, she's been trained. So if I say, Allie, leave it, she knows what that means. Uh, she knows to look at me, make good eye contact, and usually she's on her way anyway because she wants to investigate. You know, She knows that something good's about to happen because I'm calling her. And she knows I'm not mad at her because I'm asking her to do something. And whenever commands are involved, she gets some sort of reward. But, you know, over time, you know, she's she's an eight-year-old dog. I'm not rewarding her with little high-value food anymore. There's only certain instances where we're going to do that. And that's literally when we're training or we're maintaining some training. But nowadays, it's just basically like, hey, I want you to come here. And what she's really looking for is I wasn't paying attention to her five minutes ago. Now I have all of my attention on her. Secondly, when she gets there, I want to give her affection. And of course, once she is there, I'm always complimentary. I'm always appraising her, telling her how good she is, how, how much I love her, and you know what a good girl she is. I mean, it, it really is pouring on the syrup and sprinkles and everything on top of that ice cream sundae. So the dog really understands this is a good thing to do. So what happens if they don't respond? You know, I'm, you're not going to do any corrective, but try again. And the part of this uh, whole uh, uh, training regimen kind of looks like this, but I think the most important thing is that the backward motion, the trotting backwards or running backwards while facing the dog, you're engaging the dog, you're, you're looking at the dog and you're running backwards and you gave the dog a target. All they see in you is you're playing a game of, um, of tag, you're it, or even better. Think of it this way. You become the squirrel. You become the squirrel that runs away. You become the squirrel that runs away that will always be caught. The one that will always give, get, hear, you know, the, the, the dog will hear good boy or good girl. And the dog always, always, always wins at the end. So this is really great. But starting with recall, you know, our, our objective with a lot of these things is generalization. So if I just look at my dog that I've had for all those years and I say, Allie, sit, and her butt hits the floor. Or I just say her name and she's on her way. And then when she gets there, I don't have to do anything else because inevitably she just comes and sits. So those acts together just mean one thing. But generally speaking, she knows I love it. That That's the thing. If you're a guest in my house and you say my dog's name, she will typically try and investigate what you want. 
So she'll make eye contact with you. She'll come to where you are and she'll sit in front of you at minimum. You know, maybe she'll lay down too, depending on, you know, if you're sitting, sitting down or you're relaxing or you're standing up, you know, she might sit instead, but she's a very polite dog. And, uh, she likes doing that stuff. I think it's very, very important to instill that habit and that behavior as one of the first behaviors you do, because if the dog understands that, generally speaking, if they hear the, they hear their name and they're just on their way, listen, that's the best thing ever. So, uh, everyone, uh, I, I really, really, really appreciate uh, all the, um, all the listening and all the subscriptions and, uh, audience size that's, that's growing and uh, gaining a footprint, um, really all over the place. And, um, you know, I'm always psyched and humbled to see somebody tag me in a, um, Instagram post and, and says, thank you for something uh, that maybe they heard here that they learned and they were able to help uh, or the interactions I have with you guys. And of course, my, my clients that some of them aren't even aware that I have a podcast. Uh, it's something I don't really market. And, um, you know, uh, the other thing I wanted to acknowledge is everyone's support of the crate training uh, episode. You know, that's uh, one that I think I really should expand upon because uh, so many listeners gravitate directly towards that and they enjoy it so much. But anyway, um, I wanted to make a personal announcement. Um, I wanted to tell everybody I got a new puppy. Uh, his name is Gus. He is a French bulldog that um, is a client surrender slash rehome. And uh, he's he had some bad habits, a little bit of resource guarding. Um you know, some mild aggression, but I think it was more of um, a little bit of lack of training, lack of follow through with the training rather, um, and maybe a little bit of a really hectic, busy household with a lot of young kids and um, a lot of activity that didn't really uh, suit his personality very well. But he has a very uh, happy home here. Uh, Gus and Allie are, are getting along very well, and uh, I'm, I'm taking him to LECA Academy uh, in New Jersey. That uh, you know, Shout out to LECA and uh, uh, my, my trainers there and all the clients there. Um, Gus is going to be uh, a fixture there, and he's going to be learning right, right alongside everybody else's dogs. Um, you know, I work with dogs there, and uh, I think it's a really, really great place for a young, energetic dog to go to. Um, I will say this, though. You know, uh, it's not the best place for a very shy, nervous dog sometimes, um, or a dog that's maybe a little bit older and less active. You know, a lot of these dogs are very energetic, and they really, really need a lot of guidance. But, yeah, Gus has found a new home here. Um, we're, we're doing crate training right now, uh, cause it's something that lacked in his, uh, his first couple months of, of being in a, in a home and, uh, he's just going to get better and better. Um, I've already started, I started off with touch as, as his first command, then sit, then it was down. Uh, and then we started working on stay from there. Um, but he's developing very fast. Uh, he's doing very well. Uh, we're teaching him go go to crate, um, and that's in conjunction with touch. 
and uh, I can briefly just model what that's like, you know, before I, I end the podcast here for today. Uh, the way that looks is you teach touch within the framework of maybe two humans or something very distracting, but it's probably best with two humans and no distractions. So it's two people opposite ends of a room with room to run backwards, maybe six feet, 12 feet, something like that. Um, you're going to call the dog's name, put your hand down like at your thigh or your knee as a target and run backwards for six to 12 feet. The dog follows, they bop their nose. You praise that you, you, you praise them. You, uh, give them affection again, touching their neck, their, their chest, their torso, uh, their back. Um, but with the idea of basically touching their body, uh, throughout this process. So they, they get desensitized to your human touch and then you give them a high value food reward. If you're doing this all in one motion, it's really rather quick, but you know, I have to break this down because you know, you guys can't see what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, but you're doing that back and forth. So, I mean, let's just say you just brought a dog home and you wanted to practice this and you know, people have been saying to me recently, what's the best way? What's the best way? And forget about the best way. I think it's more about consistency and more about repetitions. So, you know, if you do uh, 10 little tiny treats the size of a pea or smaller for your puppy, and, you know, you split it up between, you know, partners, you know, couple. Uh, so, you know, person number one, person number two, and it goes back and forth, one and two, and you split five each. And it's just five in one direction, five in the other direction, and you're consistent. Um, you reward the same way and you praise and you're very excited whenever the dog accomplishes it. The dog's going to figure out really quick. This is a great game and it's fun, you know, but also when you get uh, the dog proficient in that, they're just coming and they're touching and they know what they're doing. Um, then put them in a sit. Then you can do like the, the watch me command where the, the dog will look in your eyes and you stare and, and do the countdown with like a similar to leave it. Um, and some of the other things we could do is engage play as soon as they get back. So it's another thing that, you know, you can do differently. Um, then as you advance through, through the pro process, you know, say the dog is uh, chewing on a piece of furniture and you're alone, but you have treats and you have toys and, and rewards and stuff. Recall the dog that way. So say the dog's name, touch, run back six feet, dog follows you, you know, you're armed and loaded with, with your treats you already have your attention, your affection, your, your praise. That's all on board with you. You don't need to carry anything extra, but you're dumping that treat. You're dumping that toy and, and giving the dog the, that, that reward. And then they start figuring out every time I want to chew on the table leg, if I get recalled like that, I should just skip it. So this is also long-term wise shaping the idea of, let me skip this activity because if I just go over there, sit, stare at my dad's eyes, if I stare at him, I know I'm going to get the rewards I want. And at minimum, I'm probably going to get one out of these four things that are the most important things to me. So that's a great place to end there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And, uh, you know, COVID's still raging, guys. So uh, wear your personal protection equipment. Wash your hands. Stay socially distanced. We're almost through this whole thing. Um, you know, probably, hopefully soon, everybody's going to be back to a new normal. Uh, keep training your dog. If you have any questions, you want to uh, reach out to me. 
go to anchor.fm forward slash Adam dash Casper. You can submit questions that way. Uh, or you can hit me up on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, probably the best ways, or you can go to my webpage. Uh, my email address is on there. It's Adam at Casper with that guys. I'm going to close and, um, Hope you all have a great weekend. It's Friday night here. And uh, take care of yourselves. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Stay warm. And cheers.